0: Hey guys, and welcome back to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's constantly at work in our mess. A brand new episode airs every other Tuesday and aims to be a dose of encouragement and truth coming straight through your earbuds. So whether you're folding laundry, running kids around town, running on the treadmill at the gym, or listening from your office desk as you get a few things done, we're so honored you're here and I'm your host, Jen Jewel, and every now and then I get to have a co-host join me, today being one of those lucky days. Cindy Beal was on episode number 11. She's a huge supporter of what goes on at The Messy Table, and together we have the privilege of chatting with our guest for today, our friend, Nicole Knox. But first, if you don't already know, The Messy Table is partnered with our church, Life Church, and we want to quickly tell you about our annual women's event coming up called Sisters, We'll have worship a time to connect plus our senior pastor's wife amy grochelle will be delivering a truth-filled message on calling now i know we have a lot of listeners who are part of our church but many who are part of the bigger global capital c church which we absolutely love more than you know there are lots of you joining us from all over the u.s and even outside of the country from places like the uk australia canada even japan all that to say, our Sisters event is happening locally, but there's also an online option as well. So I want to point you to check out life.church/sisters, And to make it easy, I'll link all that information up in the conversation notes for this post at JenJule.com. Well, switching gears, I'm curious if we have any other controllers out there. I'd love to say that I'm not, but the truth is, I like things my way and my timing, just as I've dreamed up in my own head. You could say I'm a recovering perfectionist. But life doesn't always play by those rules. In fact, sometimes things spin so far out of control that we can barely breathe. Maybe you thought you'd have a family by now. The doctors have stamped infertility on your chart. Maybe your spouse just up and left, or a friend betrayed you, or you're in the battle of your life against cancer, or your kid is making horrible choices, or things are just not going how you want them to go. You're anxious, frustrated, heartbroken, Well, you're in good company. Our guest today is no stranger to losing control. Nicole Knox is a pastor's wife, mama of five, a natural encourager, and she spent a good portion of her life dealing with an illness that's not her fault, but out of her control. How do we respond when dark days come? How do we move forward when we feel stuck? How do we cling to God when there are more questions than answers? James 1, 2 through 4 says, Brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You guys, today is an opportunity to get a peek behind the scenes and see what happens in one woman's life when the rubber meets the road. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table.
1: Hi, Nicole. Welcome to The Messy Table.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: We are so excited, Jen, to visit with this girl. We just love her so much. Cindy Beal here. I'm excited to visit with our friend. Nicole and I have known each other since 2002. So right after Chris and I first came on the team, or Chris came on the team, and I got to come alongside, but we met because I was actually working at Life Church in the finance department from 2002 to 2004 and that summer was the very first group of kids from the staff who were going to be in the what's now called staff kids oh. so noah my oldest who is 3 at the time was a part of staff, the very first staff kids. And Nicole was his teacher. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. So here's what's fun is we're driving sometime that summer. So I'm working. Nicole's taking care of the kids who are there and I'm driving in the car and then we get somewhere and we're stopping and we look at certain things to buy for Noah. And I said, well, you don't want to get pink. Because that's a girl's color. I said that. You know, I know that there's a lot of people are like, Cindy, don't say those kind of things. Don't but, do it. But that's what I said. This is what we were talking about. And he goes, Mom, Miss Nicole said that pink is God's color. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really my first like, okay, then. Who is this Nicole Knox that we Then get you to can be? buy pink. Yeah. It's so fine. anyway, uh, that's how I know Miss Nicole. And now uh, we've been friends for a very, long very time. long time. I was thinking, I think we've known each other, what, five or
0: six years? Coming on that, I think,
2: I'm not sure. Was it
0: when you moved to Tulsa? That's when we, like, really got to know each other. When we got
1: to know each other. I
0: think we, yeah, we knew of each other. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So crazy,
1: time flies. flies. Well, Nicole, so I've kind of given them a little intro of how we met. Tell the rest of our listeners a little bit about Nicole Knox. Who are you, really? Who are you in here? Deep inside.
2: Well, I am Nicole, and I get to be married to... Tim and we got married when I was 19, You're so I baby. was a baby, mm-hmm. um, and Tim was 22. So we've been married almost 17 years. That sounds like crazy to me. Wow. And we have five kiddos that keep us super busy. Um, our oldest is 13, so a teenager. That is a whole new world for me. Um, is he still in football? He is. He it's is. Fast little thing too. Loves football. His name is Nathan. And um, then we have Micah, and he will be 12 in a month. He just enjoys creating things and such a generous heart and kind heart. And then we have one girl, Abigail, and she is so much fun. She is eight. Um, going on 16, <laughs> if we're being honest. I know. I'm right I know there you with you. Know yeah. Ali's nine
0: and we are right there with you.
2: Yes. But she is like my little like built in best friend. Mm-hmm. Um then Judah is seven. So after Abigail, we had a baby right away. So they're 14 months apart. Mm. So that God was bless you. Um an adventure. And
1: he <laughs> She's so positive. If you don't know Nicole Knox. Everything is a positive spin on it, so yeah. He,
2: that was an adventure. Yes, definitely. And then our baby is Titus, and he turns five next week.
1: He's so cute. I can't uh,
2: tell And he is daddy's best friend, yeah. and
1: it is the sweetest thing. And so. And that video, I'm sorry, that you posted of him with the haircut on Instagram. Yes. Where he, he you know he cut his hair. It fell yes. out, is what he told Yeah. <laughs> So he just, it just fell out. out. Mm -hmm. He
2: totally lied to us. He recently just cut his hair and he came in and I was like, did you cut your hair? And he said, no, it fell out. (laughs) And finally he ended up telling the truth. And I said, why did you cut your hair? He said, to look like my daddy. (sighs) Because if you know, Tim Knox is bald and way handsome. So (laughs) that is what he wanted to look like. Sorry, I
1: interjected on your telling us about your family, but that's so funny.
2: He is definitely the baby of the family and so much fun. So my husband Tim is a pastor at Life Church and he has been doing that for 14 years and mm-hmm. I get to serve alongside him. I also get to run our five kiddos around and so we are just in a fun season right now.
0: Mm. Did it he used to mow Craig's lawn. He
2: actually <laughs> did. He actually did. So Tim graduated college and with a coaching degree and could not find a teaching job. So Tim is a very hard worker. And so he said, I can mow yards. So he started mowing yards and um, managing a landscaping company. Well, that company had the church's lawns. And so he also did Pastor Craig's. And so it was on Fridays. And as pastors, that's kind of our day of rest. And so Tim started going out there. And it was on Fridays. And Pastor Craig would come and talk to him. And (laughs) he was like, ah. I think you're supposed to be a pastor. That's and so, awesome. so, humble
0: beginnings. Yes.
2: Yeah. Long story short, what I thought, you just graduated college and we have no insurance and in you're mowing <laughs> yards. God had such a neat plan for our family. Um, and then we actually we were at Cindy and Chris's house on their living room floor when they hired us. So it's yeah, great.
1: Tim <laughs> was Chris's very first hire at Life Church. So Yay, it's just real special. Yes. There's just a lot of history with our two families. Mm-hmm. So so to
0: backtrack even further, just because I know you have quite the story, how did you accept Christ, come to Life Church? I know you have kind of a backstory there.
2: Yes, I do. So I was a extremely lost lost girl teenage girl and i have a younger brother and he kept um saying hey come to this church with me and i thought there's no way i can go into church i have done way too many things you do not want me to walk into that church well he just persistently kept inviting me and saying no come 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 and so finally I decided, I'm going to go check out this thing that he keeps bugging me about. And so I walked in, and I remember Pastor Craig talking about Jesus' forgiveness. And I thought, well, I've tried everything else, Mm. so I'm going to try this. And my life was changed. And so I went from a very lost teenage girl to finding the forgiveness of Jesus. And that was my senior year in high school.
1: That's so awesome. I love that you gave your life to Christ at Life Church and now ever since then you've been pouring back in. Mm. It just it's just really sweet of God to bring you here and then let you guys be a part of it. So
2: Yes. And then I got to meet my amazing husband there. Right. And so Yeah, oh, Life
1: um, Church love story. I
2: know. I said to myself, Why didn't I come to this place a lot sooner? <laughs>
1: So Nicole, you have five children Yes. and you're my hero No. Um, <laughs> because I have three boys and I think it's hard with just one of them sometimes. So I'm a little bit of a lightweight mom. I'm just going to confess <laughs> that. I only have one, but he's wild. So. Right. So how do you do it all? And if you don't do it all, how do you not do it all? How <laughs> well, that, that
2: is a great question. <laughs> well, I don't do it all. Okay, there you go. So, and I will go to sleep with dishes in the sink okay. and not think twice about it. But over the years, I have learned little tricks that are mm-hmm. starting to help our family run better. Or I wouldn't even say better. I would say um, smoother. More efficient. So, yes. Yeah. So I'm not so stressed. Like, where's this? Where's that? And so... I'm naturally not a very organized person, but having five kids, it has forced me to organize. You have to
0: be somewhat yes, organized. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, they have to eat.
2: Absolutely, I can't. Why I do they have to that. eat? Why do not they not know that? Why do they need Three that? Three
1: plus meals a day. Come on,
2: <laughs> figure yes. it out.
1: Make a grilled cheese. Uh, <laughs> uh,
2: cereal for dinner again.
1: <laughs> hey, let me just tell you the best thing about cereal. It's the perfect meal. It is eating and drinking at the same time. <laughs> so efficient. So efficient. I'm all about efficiency. I'm yes. sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yes. No. So one of the things that we have started to do is now that all five of our kids are in school is every night I have each one of them pick out what they're going to wear tomorrow. That has saved us so much energy in the morning because sure. they are ready. It's, it's not a thought, especially my daughter. Cause you know, she wants to look super right. cute. And so she already that's what I picked out. And so it's not necessarily mom wanted it, but they take ownership in that. And so that has really helped. That's um, great. Another thing is planning our meals yeah. and what we're going to eat that week. Because if I don't, then let's be honest, we have fast food all the time. That has really, really helped us. Um, and another thing is I have them make their beds every morning. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And that just kind of starts our day, like, we're going to tackle this day. And so that has really helped. And probably the biggest thing is, is we each have a chore for the week. And so even my baby Titus does. And so his chore this week, I think, is bathrooms. And so when I say his chore, he has to go to all the bathrooms, which we have three, and make sure everything's picked up and it's wiped off. Well, then Abigail's might be living room so she just every day makes sure that it's put together and the boys um, one of theirs might be the garage and it's taken me a long time to like get that routine but if they do it for a week they kind of know okay this Mm -hmm. week I'm this
1: and so I
0: love that it really helps and don't you think the beds, we've started that consistently, especially with school. And I feel like I'm winning because I yes. walk through my house. I'm like, man.
1: Yes. Life. I got a bed made. I am the best. Oh, <laughs> I am He's
0: the best. You got to celebrate yeah. the small yeah. victories. It's it.
1: true. It's it's like, I forgot where the book is or the book that Craig pulled that out of. But Pastor Craig talked about that cornerstone or that, whatever that. Oh, yeah. That his was habit. flossing. Yeah. His, Craig's, yes. is flossing. And mine is making my bed. If I make the bed, I'm like. I can take on the world. Absolutely. I'm ready. I did the main Absolutely. thing. So yeah. here we go. Yeah. So yeah, that has really helped us. Um, those are some great tricks. Too bad my kids are older and I can't implement that
2: now. <laughs> I've actually thought, oh no, what's going to happen when they leave? I'll have You're, all those
0: chores. <laughs> well, but your house
1: will be the messy.
0: That is true. There that you. is very true. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to go back to Judah real quick because you guys went through a really hard time with him. And I just want to kind of touch on that. Will you tell us about how old was Judah when he came down with meningitis?
2: Yes. So like I mentioned, sweet Judah, he has been a bundle of joy since (laughs) he was born. Um, But um, it was Christmas Eve.
1: 2011, I believe.
2: Yes, 2011. And we were heading, it was Christmas Eve services for church because we're pastors. And that's kind of the big time for us. And so, but Judah just wasn't getting better. He had strep throat. And he got sick very, very fast. And so um, the doctor actually came to our house. And he is a sweet friend. And he came to our living room floor. And he was checking him out on Christmas Eve and said, I think you need to go to the hospital. And we thought, because we were... We just didn't know we thought okay well we'll load all the kids up we'll stop by the hospital and then go to church (laughs) like we really thought that and so because i think we're both kind of optimistic so we were like we'll just tackle this together and so we're heading to the hospital and i had no idea what bacterial meningitis was but i walked in and i said to the nurse or the lady that checks you in said how can i help you i said well my doctor said that we need to come here because my baby has bacterial meningitis well, she very fast. Sound fastly. the alarm. Yes. quick. <laughs> yeah. Got sure. us in. And I remember I called you, yeah, um, Cindy, and because we had our other three kids up there.
1: Well, I was on my way to church and I called Chris. I said, I'm on my way to the hospital yes. instead. So.
2: Yes. And so Cindy came and sat in the waiting room with our three little children because at that time we had four kids, six yeah. and under. So right. they were little. And Tim and I are back in the waiting room or not the waiting room the um just where you come in?
1: triage I guess what triage are, yeah. yes
2: and quickly Judah got very very sick like it was a very fast thing and I noticed that there was a lot of doctors and nurses in the room and I thought why are you all in here and they said ma'am you might want to sit down and I said no when they say that that means something bad so after some tests they said he has bacterial meningitis and The next 12 hours are very crucial. And so he could either die or be severely handicapped. And so they brought him up to ICU. So we're sitting in the waiting room, waiting to go back into ICU. And the leadership from our church comes in. And Tim and I stand up and we say, well, who are you guys here to visit? Because they should be at church. And they said, well, we're here for you. And that's kind of when it hit me like, oh. My baby really is sick. Mm -hmm. And so that night on Christmas Eve, Judah is in this little hospital room. And I remember crawling in the bed with him and seeing no life in his eyes. And I remember saying, God, you can't take my baby. I remember all these thoughts like, we serve you. And then I remember just this peace and remembering saying to God, he's yours. And um, I remember at that moment, Judah grabbed my mask because we had to wear these masks and we couldn't really touch him. And he pulled my mask down. And the next morning, no joke, on Christmas day, he was crawling out of ICU and the ER doctors that saw him and all the people, they actually came up and said, we want to see the Christmas miracle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, It truly was.
1: We were bracing for the worst, even though our faith was carrying us. I mean, I was just praying over you guys, but I remember thinking, are we going to be doing a funeral this week? Wow. And, you know, it was just a hard season. And the next morning you're like, he's fine. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a miracle. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And he is a fireball now, like, and if you know him, he has no handicap and keeps this mama very busy.
1: (laughs) He is very with it. There's not one brain cell that is affected in that way that they thought. Now, I think those brain cells got a little extra juice in them. Absolutely. (laughs) And that that maybe that's why some of the challenges that you're facing now, because God just said, well, I'm just going to give him a little bit more. There's something that young man's going to do to impact the world. And I can't wait to see it.
2: Yeah. I do want to mention that when we were in that hospital room, someone texted me this verse and it truly ministered to me. It was Psalms 34, 17. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And that verse really spoke to me because I was brokenhearted and Mm -hmm. I was crying out to the Lord. What do I do with this? You know, so.
1: Wow. So obviously with all of that, with Judah, you are no stranger to challenges physically. Then you got pregnant with Titus and what you had been diagnosed with when you were younger in high school flared up and... Really, your body just kind of almost mm-hmm. shut down. So tell us mm-hmm. about yes. that. New journey. Ball game. Yeah, totally different yes. ballgame.
2: Yes. So I was 18 years old, um, and I was diagnosed with a disease called ulcerative
1: colitis. So ulcerative colitis, in layman's terms, just real simple. Explain what that is.
2: It basically means my large intestines, a.k.a. colon, could not digest food and it was inflamed. So once I would eat or drink anything, I would be rushing to the bathroom. And a lot of times could not make it. Mm -hmm.
1: And so that was happening in your life when you were 18? Your dad takes you to the doctor? Yes. What happens?
2: They start giving me a lot of steroids and a lot of medicine to help with this and I got better. And then I would get sick again, and then I would get better, and then I would get sick again, and it was just a cycle, Um and actually, when I was pregnant, I would feel amazing, my ulcerative- Is that why you had so many kids? I think that is. People ask, and I'm always like, well, hello, I felt so great, you yes. know, so, so Tim just kept knocking me up, and so- <laughs> did I just say that? <laughs> to put it lightly,
1: you just said that, yeah good. And so, um, Tim's probably <laughs> rubbing his eyebrows right now, <laughs> smiling real big. Oh,
2: he probably is. Yes. So we, um, it just never got better whenever I was pregnant with Titus and I basically could not leave the house. I only gained eight pounds when I was pregnant with, um, and he
1: was your fifth. So you I should guess, have been gaining a whole lot more, <laughs> yeah. you
2: know? And so I just couldn't get better. And We ended up going to a surgeon. This was after Titus was born. And he said, you are going to have to have your whole large intestines removed. And you will feel so much better. And it will just be so great. And I thought, well, sign me up for that. Because I I couldn't take care of my children. Mm. I mean, I was nursing Titus and having to run to the restroom. It was just such a lovely experience.
1: And when he said remove the large intestine, his plan was not that you would have a colostomy bag, it would be a something called a J pouch.
2: Yes, yes. And so they removed my large intestines in 2014. And I had a colostomy bag
1: for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And we were at the same campus at this time. Yes. And you were overjoyed with that that colostomy bag, honestly. Because yes, you didn't have to run to the bathroom all the yes. time. You were in control of your of your life a little I, it bit. Was, yeah.
2: It was so much freedom. Yeah. Um, and then we had the bag removed. And basically, I went to the bathroom just like a normal person. Not that it's not normal to go in an ostomy bag because I think that that truly saves a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, It was great. But during that time... My body had a very hard time because your large intestines is what keeps you hydrated. Mm. And um, I could not stay hydrated. And so I kept getting sick and I would end up in the hospital.
0: So you were hospitalized 10 times within like four months. Is that right?
2: Yes. And I remember
0: Mm -hmm. in some of the darkest moments, you genuinely wanted Tim and the kids to leave you because you thought they deserved better which was such a lie, but I know you genuinely felt that that would be best.
2: Mm-hmm. I did. Tell us about I that. remember it was the 10th time I was in the hospital. Um, I had been there for a week and did not see a light, you know? And I remember Tim coming in and I said, babe, I need you to sit down. And he said, what, what? And I said, I need you and the kids to leave me. And he looked at me like, you're a crazy woman. Right, I was serious because I had sinken into such a depression that I didn't want them to have to take care of me. Tim at that time was bathing me. He would have to carry me to the car. He would dress me. So basically I was a child to him. Mm. But he served me with such... Honor and he didn't think twice about it, but I felt like, and it was Satan's lies, that Tim and the kids would be so much better without me. So once I told him that, he an hour later had a counselor come in. Um, (laughs) and that was a really good time that I got to just share my heart and how I was feeling because I, um, hadn't really shared how I was feeling um, and how hurt I was watching my husband have to take care of me in such a
0: vulnerable way. Where were you with God, with your faith at this time? Like, What were the questions you were asking him?
2: I remember saying to God, if they mess up on my IV or anything, it's okay. I'll be home with you. Mm. Because I
0: didn't want to be the burden to my family. Mm. I remember that coming up a lot. I don't want to be the burden. I don't want them to have to take care of me. And I remember us talking about how, what would you do if this was Tim or if this were your kids, would they be a burden to you? And I think that, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that kind of helped a little. It did. Does that make sense?
2: It does. It does. And it really did help. I remember that. And and so my attitude changed and I realized that Tim did want to serve me and the church did want to serve me. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was... Three months that people were bringing us breakfast, lunch, and dinner and just serving our family. And that was still hard because I didn't want to accept it because it meant that I couldn't do it. I couldn't take care of my family. But through that, I saw so much blessing. And through my illness and my sickness, my kids grew up and they learned how to run a house. Because dad could not do it all. Mm. I mean, he was taking care of his very ill wife, being a pastor, and five kids. So my big kids learned to help serve their siblings.
1: Don't you think it made their bond as siblings closer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they were—they just knew that, okay, this is what we do. Yeah. And increased
0: their compassion Absolutely. for yes. people in general. Not just mm-hmm. their mom, not just their siblings, but I think in general.
2: They do. And so they really have a passion for people that are ill. Um, We talk to them a lot now, like when um, we're praying for people or going to the hospital to visit them, they actually stop and pray and they get it. Or when we make a meal for someone, they say, remember when people brought us meals? And so they really get the taking care of the body of Christ and serving. And so, I remember thinking, I wish my kids didn't have a sick mommy. But when I see that the kids that they've become,
1: it's beautiful.
2: Um,
1: I'd like to brag on you just a bit, Nicole. So one of the (laughs) things that us as her tribe would laugh about her is she'd be in the hospital and she'd be, we, we all chat on a little app called GroupMe, which plenty of people have heard of. And we'd be like Nicole, how are you doing? You know, oh, I got this medicine. I got this medicine. Oh my goodness, I got to love on the sweetest family the other day because they're in the <laughs> hospital and their child. And We're she would, con- and I got to encourage this nurse. And I think they're going to come to Life Church this weekend. I'm not going to be there, but they're going to come. <laughs> and so like she was constantly looking for ways to share Jesus. Maybe. And I'm telling you, like I'm sitting there going, Nicole, I think you're fine. Just just sit there and let the medicine. <laughs> (laughs) and go in your body. She's like, no, 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 it's good. I'm just so thankful. And I promise you her viewpoint of continuing to be a minister and letting the work of the Holy Spirit in her overflow into other people's lives. You just can't stop that. She Mm -hmm. could not stop it even with tons of IVs in her. And so.
2: Yes, I absolutely um, love getting to love on the people in the hospital. It has become one of my, favorite things. Um, because it's one, the people that work there work so hard and I love, even, I remember my house cleaners would come in and I would just get to talk to them and I would get to know their stories. Um, because I was a frequent flyer at the hospital. (laughs) And so I really was like, I'm going to get to know these people and pray for them. And I'm so thankful that I did have the opportunity to love on those nurses or the patients when I was trying to walk around um, and just tell them my story or listen to their story. It really was a sweet, a sweet time. And even during that time too, I remember with Tim, our intimacy grew so much during that time. And I don't mean sexually. I mean our intimacy in our marriage because I had to depend on him to take care of me. And... It was one of the most intimate things. Where we are today happened because of us depending on each other. Mm -hmm. And when you can't have sex, which is a wonderful thing in marriage, you have to learn how to love each other in a different way. Mm -hmm. In our vows, we say in sickness and health, my Mm 19-year-old self didn't know what that meant. Right. Not everybody gets to live that out. No. And I actually counted a blessing that we did and that we are getting to live that out.
1: So along with the lines of your surgery and all the illness issues you've had, there came a day when your liver was Mm. just not processing all this medication. Mm -hmm. It was one of the scariest days of my life. Mine too. And hers as well. Were we face to face or were we on the phone? We were on the phone. I was in the car. I was driving. I had gone to see her. Yes. And then you were coming and her
0: eyes, I was like, Cindy, her her eyes are are neon yellow. yellow. Yeah.
1: And I'm scared. Yeah. So tell our listeners about Mm. that day and that season. Yes. Well, medicine can be a great thing. Sure. You know,
2: and it definitely can help us, but it can definitely hurt us too. And so over the years, I mean, 18 years I've been on medicines. And so my liver has just said, I don't want any more medicine in (laughs) here, you know? And so I literally turned yellow. And I started to forget things. Like, I mean, I forget things as a woman, you know, like, <laughs> as a mom. but I would look at Tim and not really know who he was. And Yikes. so I didn't know this at the time, but I guess your liver does your brain. And <laughs> so we ended up in the hospital and I actually don't remember a lot of that because my brain, like, so I couldn't even tell you that you were there. Um, I do know that Cindy was there because we have a picture that is so sweet of us laying in the hospital. And, and the only reason I remember that is because of the picture. So, well, I came before her
0: (laughs) and your eyes scared me to death.
2: (laughs) And so we, the doctor said, um, your liver is shutting down. And if this new medicine doesn't start to work, you're going to be transferred and put on a um,
1: a list, right? For a liver list. transplant,
2: a list. And I think more people around me were scared because I don't remember a lot mm-hmm. of it.
1: Um, mm-hmm. There was quite a few of us in there. I I think I know Todd Roy was there. I think maybe Tommy Dawson, but like, I think so. Yeah. We were like, I was f- incredibly fearful. I was fighting back the fears, mm-hmm. knowing what that could look like and of course you were kind of smiling and you were definitely out of it she you was a little drugged you up were, <laughs> you were talking things to me I can't remember but I just remember texting our girls and going she is not in a right frame of mind <laughs> So which it was kind was, of entertaining at times it good, but I'm telling you and then God obviously began to work through the new medicines and you were no longer yellow yeah for that for within yes. a couple of days I think it was yeah thank God it worked
2: which it, it did but I will, you know, I still have liver problems. Mm-hmm. It didn't just go away. So the right. medicine did help. I mean, I am feeling amazing right now. And I can walk to my car. I can stand during the whole worship song. And wow. I. there was a time I couldn't. And you remember that. And I would sit during worship. I can bathe myself. I can do all these things (laughs) that I know. And I can go to the grocery store for my kids and my family. And so, but there's still some hard days. And my liver still tries to say, you didn't take very good care of me all these years. And there's still scar tissue Mm -hmm. from my, having my colon removed. And so I still have some, some hard days, but I have a lot of good days. Um, and I'm thankful that Mm -hmm. I get those days Mm -hmm. and I get to make those memories.
0: So there's some bad theology flying around that says, if you're following Jesus, if you have enough faith then everything's going to be great, you know, after all God is good, but that's really the prosperity gospel, health, wealth, happiness. Um, but the problem is that's not the full gospel where the last will be first, where real living means dying to ourselves, where we're called to pick up our cross daily and follow him, even if that's in the middle of suffering. So Jesus himself suffered. His disciples faced really hard things, including persecution and death. And so I guess the question that I want to frame really to both of you is how do we embrace that tension, Um, the tension that God loves us, he's in our mess, he's working all things together for good, but life can be brutal there's cancer, car wrecks, broken relationships, financial trouble, rebellious kids, sick kids, even the mundane, which can sometimes also feel suffocating, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Yes.
0: So how do we step into that tension and embrace it?
2: Mm, That's good, Jen. I think that we have to see, or we get to see the good in the hard times. And so I don't I don't necessarily think that I believe in Jesus, so I'm going to be healed. And if I if I believed in him more, I would be healed. Mm. But I believe a lot of times that I get to do this. I get to serve him in this, mm. um, in this sickness or in this scary moment. There has been so many times that I didn't want to be sick. I didn't want to have a baby with bacterial meningitis. But... Through that, I have gotten to see so many good things and talk to so many
1: people through that. Well, and I think that we want an answer. We want to know the final outcome of every situation. And I think there's just a lot of earthly situations that we're just going to have to sit, as you said, in that tension. And so for me... When I don't understand something, when I can't grasp something about God, about His ways and His plans, instead of saying, well, my finite mind doesn't understand this, so I'm just going to be mad at God. I'm going to run from Him, and I'm going to push Him away. I know that I'm finite. He's infinite. Mm-hmm. I'm imperfect. He's perfect. So I'm not going to listen to my finite and perfect mind. I'm going to run gonna and embrace in. and mm-hmm. impress in to his perfect, infinite mind. And I'm going to trust that he's going to reveal it in his way, in his time, or he's not mm-hmm. this side of heaven. And that's okay. And mm. so there's going to be some tension. And that's where the peace of God comes in. Mm-hmm. And, and Pastor Craig just released a book called Hope in the Dark. Mm, it's so good. Oh my goodness. It is so good. So if you've ever had a conversation with God and the first word starts out with why, this is your book.
2: Absolutely. This
1: is your book. I'm already in just a couple. That's the book of Psalms. That's that's the Bible. (laughs) So it's a a great book. I'm in the middle of it. It is by far, probably in my opinion, going to be his best book yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it was birthed out of his own pain. So I just want to encourage our listeners who who are walking through those things in life that, that don't make sense. Right. They want that healing. They want that freedom, whatever it is. This is a great book for mm-hmm. them to step in and read.
0: Well, and I love how Craig has mentioned that, you know, his sermons lately on this topic, on this book, they're not a sitcom series where everything ends well and is wrapped up with a bow. You know, there's a, everything's fine. And then there's an issue and then everything's good again. And there's a lot of people right now who are sitting in that tension where things are hard and you do have the questions.
2: Yes. You know, our church just came out with the song, You Are. Mm -hmm. And some of the lyrics that they talk about is, you are good even in the waiting. And I will lift my hands to you. And that has been so good for me to hear because I want to lift my hands to him even when I'm waiting, but sometimes those hands are hard to lift. Mm -hmm. And I've seen over the years that my tribe or my family have helped me Mm -hmm. lift my hands. That's good. And one of the verses that really was profound to me, um, and it still is, is Psalms 73, 26. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. And so even though our health, or our circumstances might be hard, he still is good, and that's what
1: I just have to cling to.: mm. So Hillsong has this song called "As It Is," and it's kind of what you just said about the waiting" from the, the song that Life Church wrote. But the lyrics of this Hillsong worship tune say, "While I'm waiting, I'm not waiting." And so I think there's just power in our waiting periods, in our waiting rooms where we can jump into it and really just say, OK, God, it's going to be an active waiting period. And for me, that looks like spending time in the word and pressing into Jesus. And, you know, that would be the active waiting. And even yes. I think Love that. I think waiting. Amy, um, Amy even preached on that at Sisters last year about, you know, making the most of our waiting time because um, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a, a waste. Absolutely not. It's such a great
0: point because I think often waiting feels so still and nothing is happening. But that's not true. God's working and he's doing something inside of us even during the wait. So
2: So just this past year, my dad and father-in-law were both diagnosed with cancer within a month of each other. And um, my dad had the cancer removed and did chemo and is doing amazing now. And my father-in-law, Dick... When we found it, the cancer had spread all through his body and there was nothing they could do medically. And so my father-in-law was very, very sick for a year and he is such an amazing man and he taught me so much. Um, I felt so privileged to get to be his daughter-in-law and I'm so thankful that he raised Tim Knox, my husband. And one of the verses that sticks out to me, that reminds me of Dick is whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, Colossians 3, 23. And that is how Dick was. He worked at everything. Like he was working through Jesus. He just inspired me and he's in the hospital dying about to go see Jesus. And he says to Tim, read scripture, read scripture to me. And so Tim is reading scripture to him. Then the next day he says to Tim, I think you left off in John 15. He remembered the day before where Tim left off. And he said, I think John 15 is a longer chapter. I have no idea how he remembered that, but that shows how the word of God was just in his heart. Mm -hmm. Even when he was dying and he did die and he did go see Jesus and he was raising his hands and praising the Lord. It was beautiful. It is beautiful because it wasn't an earthly thing. In our minds, it doesn't make sense why he would die. He was a pastor. He served and he was Telling people about Jesus. He
1: fought the good fight. Yes. He finished well.
0: He finished so well. So well. Well, Before we kind of wrap up, we always love to ask if you have any resources that you could share with us so that we could dive into them as well. Do you have anything that you love and recommend?
2: Well, I am a big reader. I love to read books. And a few books that I have just finished is The Best Yes. Mm. And it was so good because I have a hard time saying... Yes to a lot of things, and so that was great. Do you have a hard time
0: saying no? Yes.
2: Okay. Yes, I, you're right. <laughs> you say yes to a lot of things. Yes, I'm with you. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and then calm my anxious heart because I definitely have an anxious heart. That was a really good one for me. The life giving home by Sally Clarkson that just gave practical tips. I love okay, I can do this with my family, you mm-hmm. know? And so that was a good one. Another thing is the YouVersion Bible app. I love this because it will read to me. <laughs> and they have the the 90-day um, – read the Bible in 90 days. Yeah. Well, so I've done that. But when I say I've done that, the Bible has read to me Still. in 90 days. And I love it because I can be driving or doing my laundry or whatever – and it's reading. Getting the ready Word for of God. the day. Yes. Doing my makeup. And I just it takes forty five minutes to read the Bible in ninety days if it 45 reads. To minutes you. a day, yes. 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 And it has just been life changing for me to be able to do that.
1: So, so. we know, Nicole, that your favorite podcast is the Messy Table, which Absolutely. Jewel, we know that. <laughs> um, Absolutely. What other ones do you do you like?
2: Well, I do enjoy God-centered mom mm-hmm. podcast, um, and I am enjoying At Home with Sally, which is with Sally Clarkson, and it's usually oh, about great. thirty minutes. But it's it's just fun little tips. Um,
1: All right, you have encouraged us, Jen and I are just like, I can feel it. I can feel our I can encouragement. Feel you know. It. <laughs> But is there anything else, one final word to say to the rest of the people listening?
2: I would say to embrace the season that you're in. If it's changing diapers, if it's taking kids to school, if you're in the hospital, or if it's a fun season, you know, you're swimming with your kids, whatever season you're in, embrace it. And be thankful that you are getting to do that season.
1: Ooh, that's a good word, Nicole embrace your season Um, we are so thankful you were here thanks for joining us thank
2: you so much for having me it was so fun
1: all
0: right guys like we touched on in this conversation not all stories are tied up with a pretty white bow we know some trials feel unbearable and some pain unimaginable but God is not done he will not leave you even in your heartbreak he is there in Romans 8, Paul says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's not exactly a white bow, but I'd argue that it's even better. Well, friends, remember to share this conversation with a friend. Remember to subscribe and even leave us a comment in iTunes if you're up for it. Remember as you go about your week that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.